Yo-ho, yo-ho, it's a pirate's oh, life oh, for me. Ahoy, matey. This is sports and spaghetti. And if you're wondering why we sound like this, it's because we've had some rum tonight. Oh, but <laughs> uh, contrary to what you might think, it wasn't drunk. <laughs> We're not drunk, pirates. I might sound like one. It was just in the food. <laughs> Oh boy, what is up everybody? They're gonna think we have the wrong podcast on. <laughs> They're gonna think this is the Gasparilla 2023 in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really oh not drunk boy. <laughs> at all. Uh, what is up everybody? This is Anthony alongside Chris. For another episode of Sports and Spaghetti. And if you are wondering why we're talking like pirates, um, secrets out. Chris quit his job. I quit my job. We're going to go, we're sailing the seven seas now. I'm going to pillage and plunder. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your doubloons. (laughs) I want all the booty. (laughs) No, no. In all seriousness, though. Um, we tried, uh, we cooked with some rum tonight and and we've been talking like this for hours, much to the, (laughs) much to the demise of our wenches, (laughs) (laughs) much to the demise of the bilge rats. I mean, mice. (laughs) Swab, swab the deck. (laughs) Cannonball headed towards your poop deck. Chris has officially. <laughs> Chris has gotten up and walked across the room. We're in we're in a new setting. Yes. We are in uh, the new and improved playroom. The new playroom, which is less somehow cluttered than the other one. But uh, uh, it'll get as cluttered as it. Just give it a few days. Of course, of course. Yeah, um, Sabrina got her. Uh, she got her big girl bed. Well, she was in a big girl bed, but she got her bed bed. Like the frame and everything. I know, and I am I'm so happy to get to see her grow up. It's great. Oh, isn't it fun? It's, it's actually really scary because I see you guys every week, but it's like every time Melissa sends a picture, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, she's older. It's right? only been two and, days. And, and week to week, like I usually see you once a week, right? And and week to week, you can really see changes happen because honestly, since, since birth... Week to week, things have changed. Yeah. Like, she's learned something. She learns something new, like, every day now. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, I know it's awesome. I'm so super glad to be Uncle Doctor. And one day, she's going to respect and appreciate our food. Not yet. She's still on the Annie's Mac and Cheese train right now, but that's okay. It's better than just eating junk. Yeah, well, there's one thing Annie's doesn't have. And that is uh, mojito chicken, which is what was on the uh, menu for us tonight and is why we were talking with some rum. Uh, now, this is a recipe that I found through um, the wonderful Discovery Plus app. And I was watching um, Guy's Big Bite, and this was like season two. So it was like super before he blew up, which is awesome. Um, and I took the recipe and, and we, you know, we moved it and changed it a little bit to make it our own, but, um, it was really good. So one thing we'll, we'll give the recipe and then we'll talk about some things that I wish I could change. And then something that troubles me. And it's, it's so funny that it troubles me. You guys will get a kick out of it, but, uh, long story short, right? The recipe. Um, so you're going to want to give your chicken a little bathy. Now this is where, this is where it's a little bit different than the recipe. Uh, Guy's recipe called for a full chicken. We just did uh, some chicken gazungas. We just did the gazunga. We just did we didn't some... have the uh, the funds for the whole chicken. <laughs> we just we just did some chicken breasts that we had on hand. Um, and essentially, what we did is we made uh, kind of a combination dry wet marinade. Yeah. So um, dry. That's all you. That yes. Was all you. Dry ingredients was. Um, some uh, garlic powder, some uh, chili powder, uh, just because we didn't have any papikria. Um, but we did some garlic powder, some chili powder, some onion powder, um, as well as some salt and some pepper. And then for the wet part of the marinade, we did the juice of two 
uh, oranges. We did the juice of two limes. We did some uh, vinegar uh, for a little bit of acid. And we did um, a little bit of Captain Morgan rum. Now, what that does is obviously you're going to get the alcohol and the um, acid throughout everything. And what that's going to do is that is going to keep, boy, that's going to keep the chicken moist. And uh, chicken breast is very, very hard to keep moist. We know this. Especially the tenderloin. Yeah. Especially if the the, uh, skin is off too, bone and skin out. Right. It's very hard to keep to keep moist but uh this marinade really did so well yeah you take it and uh, you're gonna obviously whisk everything together and you just throw your tenderloins in uh and you let it sit for about an hour we let it sit for about an hour um and then uh we go ahead and we baked it we baked our chicken today because again skinless boneless we didn't want to throw it in a pan you're supposed to crisp up the skin right um which is, you know, I would have preferred that, but the mice like the chicken, the white meat chicken. They're not a big chicken leg fan neither. I don't think you are either, Chris. I do a leg. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big leg guy. Um, always have been. That's what I bring for lunch. And see, when you have, if you have the skin on, especially if it's like a skin on thigh or something like that, you sear it and it's not gonna, it's not gonna dry the daylights out of it yeah. in the middle. But with the tenderloin... And this has happened to me on more than one occasion. I do a wet marinade, and then I, you know, I let it drip off, and then you put it in the pan to sear it, and it just steams it anyway. Yep. And then it burns. The sauce sticks to it. It's got all that orange juice, lime juice. It's got the rum. It's got sweet things in there with a lot of sugar, and it burns. And then the kitchen has that smell. The chicken has that burnt taste, and so. If it's the tenderloins, just bake it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely just bake it. But, again, this is definitely a recipe that I'm going to try again. And I'm going to try it with the chicken thighs. So I will let you guys know how that goes. But the kicker here. Not the kicker. Not the kicker. The kicker here is. the first joke I ever told our friends group. Yeah. Yeah. That was my entrance. It was. And boy, oh boy, was that an entrance. I made people fall down. They were like, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, it was. That was the walk-in. Huh? Yeah. But um, the kicker here is the glaze. The glaze that goes on the chicken. Um, so, the glaze on that. Now, it's called mojito chicken. And, and it wasn't like any glaze I've ever had. i got to be honest. I'm glad. So, this is the first time I've had it, but I'm, <clears throat> I know my opinion, but I really want to hear Chris's opinion on this. But So, how to make the glaze is we take about a half a cup of, it's, you're supposed to use dark rum, but uh, the plunders weren't good for me, so all I had was the captain. Uh, so we took some Captain Morgan Spice the Rum. Spice Rum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm no Jack Sparrow. And I don't like rum either. <laughs> so uh, I, I took about a half a cup of uh, Captain Morgan Spice Rum. Doesn't have to be Captain Morgan. Should be dark rum. But uh, if you're going to use Captain, listen Wait, to my that's recipe. Not dark? No, it's mid. Dark is like super dark and syrupy. See, I have, yeah. <laughs> I am not yeah. an expert rum person. So, if you're going to use Captain, which I'm assuming you are, if you're ever going to make this, um, about a half a cup of Captain Morgan rum, a half a cup of chicken stock, and then we do. Uh, I did two and a half tablespoons of brown sugar to supplement for the um, to supplement for the rest of the the sweetness of the dark rum. So I went a little over on the brown sugar. If you're using dark rum that's already very sweet. Uh, I would cut it back probably about, I would do a tablespoon and a half. But since this is, um, you know, since it wasn't as sweet, we did two and a half tablespoons. And then what you're going to do is you are going to let that reduce, uh, therefore cooking all the alcohol out. Uh, should reduce by about a third of, uh, of what you originally right. put in. And regardless of why you're cooking the alcohol out, you just, you have to. You don't want it to taste like a drink. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Well, see, that's the thing is because it did taste like a drink, but it didn't taste boozy. Right. It wasn't boozy. It wasn't burning your, your throat with the alcohol. Yeah. Because because that that would completely turn me off to that dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, that's I why you do agree. it the same as you would do if you did a white wine sauce or exactly. a red wine reduction. You cook the alcohol off so the flavor is there. Because the flavor of the rum, I really like. I like how it comes mm-hmm. out. But... I, I mean, you saw me smell it. I opened yeah. the bottle and I just took a whiff and I went, Ooh. yeah, it's just like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, I, I could do I could do a beer and and maybe wine, but not nothing else. 
Yeah, but uh, after you, yeah, you could definitely, yeah, everybody needs a nice Corona on a good on a good summer's eve. Yeah, that's not a big deal. No, no, get the lime. But the lime, if it's not with lime, then I don't. Then it's undrinkable. No, no, I agree. But so after you've uh, after you've let it reduce about a third of the way, what we're gonna do is we're gonna make what's called a cornstarch slurry. Now, cornstarch, <laughs> cornstarch slurry. Um, if you're familiar with cooking, you'll know what this is used for. Um, what this does is it's going to thicken your sauce without adding any flavor. Um, that's what the cornstarch does. And you want to use about uh, uh, one part cornstarch, three parts water. Um, that's going to make a solid slurry, it's called. And then it's just going to thicken oh, your... It'll be a liquid slurry. It'll be a liquid slurry. Yeah, a solid liquid slurry. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> and then uh, once you've once you've simmered off about a third of that, you're going to uh, pour your slurry in, and what that's going to do is that's going to thicken it. You're going to whisk it for about a minute, minute and a half. And that's it. Yeah, that's really all you have to do. That's and then it. it. And then it's going to make a almost syrupy kind of kind of sauce. Um, and you don't want to overdo it with the the time on the heat with the cornstarch. No, because then it starts. If you, make, if you if you're familiar with stir fry, yep. it'll it'll coagulate and it gets gritty. Yeah, and you don't yeah. want that. It starts tasting sandy. Um, we don't like sand here. Um, Anti sand podcast. What am I talking about? What is um, going on? I don't know, but uh, about okay, about about a about a third of the way through the simmering process, um, I took about two cloves of garlic. I just smashed those and I threw those in to get a little garlicky flavor. Mm, garlic smash. And then uh, the biggest part is if you're familiar with mojitos, you know that it's lime, simple syrup, and rum. Or Jesus, mm, not reverse. It's lime, simple syrup, rum, and mint. You forgot the mint. It. I found it. I that's could why not. It, that's what makes it a mojito. That is exactly what makes it a mojito. Uh, so what you're going to do is you are going to express the mint. Now, <laughs> what is... Oh, I've I don't had know. To it's... Ex- I've had to express a couple of glands on my dogs. <laughs> but, uh, they were dripping all over the house. It doesn't smell as good as the mint. No, it <laughs> smells like a fish market... After 60 days at sea. <laughs> so you're going to express the mint. And essentially what you're going to do for my adult community out there, you are going to flog your own hand with this mint. You are going to very, very gently. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Walker, what does flog mean? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, don't wake the bam bean. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> she's outside the door waiting to come in. Oh boy. So we're going to, you're going to essentially take the, the, the stem of mint and just smack your hand with it until you start releasing the mint aroma. And then from there, you're, <laughs> he is losing it here. <laughs> you are. You're going to smack your hand until it starts expressing its minty oils. <laughs> Mint, minty cherub and tug. I don't know why that made me laugh. So, after you've expressed the oils of your mint, you're going to very gently tear the mint leaves in half, and you're going to put them in the sauce, and then hit it with a nice whisk for the very few <laughs> this seconds. This description is unreal. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> it is, you have to express the oils I, from the that's what I did. I BDSM'd my mint. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. I lost my marbles. <laughs> and if you have extra time on your hand and you're not cooking for two mice, make it an evening. <laughs> Let the lights down. Light some candles. Ask your hand if it's been a bad boy. <laughs> Imagine walking into my kitchen with the lights down and I'm just slowly whipping my hand with a mint. You like that, you bad boy. Shut up! I can't talk! Oh my god, I'm on the ground! You've been a bad boy. Oh, talk to me nice. Oh, 
god, we've lost it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. This is not an act. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so after you've made your glaze. <laughs> Anyway. We're talking about flogging and glazing today. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> After you've made your glaze <laughs> and then you're at a and you're at a whew, and you're at a taste you like. <laughs> you're gonna add some salt and pepper and season it. And then once it's seasoned, you're gonna plate. And then this we had it over some some lime rice today. <laughs> I have to talk about this rice now. <laughs> give you some briefing uh i can make a lot of things for some reason i cannot make rice for the life of me i have i have a special asian rice cooker that sings to you when it's done it's like ding 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 (laughs) it really does oh no (laughs) oh yeah listen man i'll tell you what so making rice is a thing that i've heard so many people say they don't know how to do or they, they do it and it's too mushy or it's undercooked or whatever it might be. So I have to give credit where credit's due for the rice. Uh, the way I do rice is the same way they do rice at Desert Moon uh, Cafe. The only one left in the country right now is in the mall, in the Danbury Mall. They used to have uh, several locations, actually. A couple in Danbury, there was one in New Jersey, a couple in New York. Uh, now there's just the one. Um, and it's, and it's called Desert Moon, but it's owned by, actually, my old boss, his name is Alfonso. Shout out Alfonso, he would never be listening, but he's a cool dude. In any event, um, the ladies at Desert Moon taught me how to cook rice. Not, not the way Desert Moon does rice, the, the way that they do it at home. Okay? So, most of the time when they do rice, they use the annado, which turns it yellow. It's called achote. In Spanish, so if I ever said it anato in front of them, they'd laugh. And they say, no, menso, es achote. And so that's how they usually do it. But the first step is that you toast it. And what toasting it does is it just releases another that nuttiness to the uh, to the rice. And I what I do is I chop up a very finely, uh, a mince, really, of a, one clove of garlic with a little oil, put it on, toast the garlic with the rice. Then I throw the water in. I usually do a cup and a half of rice, three cups of water. I measure it. You have to measure it. If you eyeball it, it'll end up like Anthony's rice. It'll end up like a mushy ball. Okay? You have to measure. Because if you don't measure, it's going to be wrong. And you have to make sure the heat is low enough that it's really simmering. It, you, if it's too high, it's gonna it's gonna boil away because rice absorbs the water fast, especially white rice, which is what we cook, which is what most people are cooking. Brown rice takes forty five minutes. People don't have time for that, okay? Especially not the girls that I'm cooking with. They've got four kids. I'm serious. They've got kids. They've got their husband. They've got their full time job. They got to go home and make dinner. They don't have time for an hour of rice. 15-minute rice, it's going to absorb the water fast. You have to make sure the heat is low enough. And then what we did with this rice, um, when it was done cooking, it's got that garlic aroma throughout, right? You smelled that garlic throughout. Mm. uh, And that's what the toasting does. Uh, It just enhances it. And then I squeezed the lime on it. That's not exactly what they do, but this was lime rice. Um, there was a variation that we might have tried tonight that was coconut lime rice. There was cilantro lime rice. The mice voted against the cilantro. I don't blame them. I love cilantro, but a lot of people have the gene inside them that, that makes cilantro taste like soap. My, my sister does. My Grammy was that way. My sister does, and she said uh, every time. It was funny, too, because before we realized it was genetic, she used to, like, we'd be eating salsa, and she's like, is there soap in this? Is there bleach in this? And we're like, no. What are you talking about? And then. We found that out, but yeah, and my Grammy had it. Uh, she loves parsley, loved parsley, and couldn't stand cilantro. I love cilantro, whatever. But in any event, 
this was just a simple lime rice added the salt and pepper after because I don't salt and pepper that rice just because I I think it tastes good enough without it but I know my mouse and everybody normal that's a regular human being that's conscious of these things said oh but he, he comes in and he goes Chris I'm gonna salt I'm gonna salt I don't want to step on toes thank you but I want <laughs> I want to salt and pepper your rice please because a, a bland rice <clears throat> oh I had a dish down. I had a good I had a good analogy but we've been so clean lately so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it but in any event, the rice has to be seasoned right, and it can't be overcooked. That's the bottom line. Because if it's overcooked or undercooked, it's wrong. I'm not. I'm not going to eat crunchy rice granules. No, crunchy rice is crunchy rice. Are good for tempura. Right now, Anthony, I will teach you my ways. However, you have to be patient with rice and you kind of have to, my mom says this all the time when she bakes. She's an exceptional baker. Um, I have had Tish's brownies, exceptional. A, exceptional baker, okay? It's what she does best, actually, cooking-wise, uh, in the culinary world. She stands at the oven. like Let's say she's making her chocolate chippers. She stands at the oven and watches them the whole time, essentially. She'll, you know, clean her dishes and stuff while she's waiting, but she'll, she will not go to her room and read or watch something or scroll on her phone. This is what you got to do with the rice, in my opinion. You have to watch it because if it, if it gets too hot and it starts to boil up, then you have to lower the heat. If it stops boiling because the heat's too low, you got to turn the heat up or else it's going to be wrong. It is not easy to get right. But I've done it however many thousands of times, and so now it's easy. But yeah, uh, rice can make or break a dish. When we did your fried rice, the flavor was all there. And so it did not ruin a dish at all by any stretch of the imagination. But rice can ruin a dish, especially if it's underdone. It was underdone. And that's a throwback to our first episode, ladies and gentlemen, which if you haven't heard it, <clears throat> go listen to that. Um, you can see how far we've come. You can At see how far we've come. At first we were very come. stiff and we were talking about sports. And now I'm on the ground. And he's saying, picture this. <laughs> oh, Maybe the Lordy. hardest I've laughed in years. That was a good one. That was a good one. We weren't even trying. We were, it That's just, the best one. It, couldn't, it just couldn't. Oh, boy. Anyway, mojito chicken. It was a great dish. It was. I know you said you were going to ask my opinion and you never got to it because we started laughing. But I have to tell you, that sauce that Glaze Ant was talking about was one of the most unique things I've ever tasted because what really did it for me, so you have the sweetness of the brown sugar, you have the sweetness of the rum, the syrupy sweetness of that. Again, with none of the burn, there's no alcohol taste. That's what made me go, oh, when I smelled it. I hate that smell. It's nauseating to me. The difference maker is the garlic that you smashed. And then you put in towards the end of the cooking. Because what the garlic did was it turned it from like something you could put on top of a cake as a glaze to something that would go well with chicken and rice, which I'm eating a whole lot of now. I'm on a cut, yada, yada. Everybody's tired of me being on a cut. You look great, though. It's okay. Thank you. You're welcome. But that's the difference. And it smelled amazing before, but it was almost something I could, it was very sweet. That garlic, gar we said it when we were cooking, garlic is is good on everything except your breath. I mean, I didn't necessarily say that it wasn't good on breath. It's no. just you need to you need to like it. You need to like right. garlic breath. Right, if you don't breath. like garlic on the breath, then it's a problem. Yeah, I would rather garlic breath than like dog breath. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, Benny's churning out poop breath nine oh. days out of ten, okay? Oh. You can't have that. Oh, Benjamin, more like Thinjamin because he's Benjamin. been looking he's great. Good, he does right? look good. He has looked good. Yeah. No, he's doing well. Benny, the the uh, first member of the Hall of Fame of Grammys Grinders. That's right. But uh, yeah, man, Benny, mojito chicken. Um, <clears throat> it's been real. Now I do want to address one thing uh, that does not have to do with sports nor spaghetti. Uh, this is being, uh, this will be released on Tuesday. The exact date is Tuesday, the 16th. 
Um, today is Saturday, May 13th. So real quick, I do just want to give a shout out to any of the mothers mm. that are listening. Yes. Shout out to my mother. Shout out to my grandmother. Um, they're probably not listening, but obviously it's Mother's Day. Uh, shout out Cousin Deb with her with her three boys. She's a grandmother now, which is great. I know you listen, so I'll give you the shout out specifically. Um, shout out Chris's mom. Absolutely. She will be listening. She listens at work every Tuesday morning. She loves listening to us. She said she it reminds her of when we uh, when I was on the radio um, at Westcon. And so she loves that we're doing that again. Um, yeah, shout out to my wife, Melissa, who is one heck of a mom. One of, uh, she is a mom, that was what she was born to do. Oh, yeah. It's so fun super, to watch her be Super, super mom. mom. She really is. <clears throat> She's great. Uh, she knows everything that Sabrina needs. So she, you know, and shout out to Cindy, Melissa's mom, who does a lot for us as well. And, of course, Grammy and all the other moms. If you're a dog mom, a cat mom, a human mom. A stepmother. Shout out to my step stepmother as well. Right? If you're a mom of, of somebody who is, if you were a mom and are no longer, if you are a grandmother, if you lost your mom, just all of you. Moms are pretty incredible. In fact, maybe the most incredible people. They are the most incredible because they have to put up with people like us for... At least 18 years. And they did a pretty good job. If we're here I agree. sitting across from each other, they did a good job. I agree. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for all the moms in my life. All the, you know, gonna be moms one day and all the stuff like that. Yes. Um, so just shout out to all the moms. We love moms here. Yeah, we heart moms. Yeah. Yeah. This is a pro-mom. This is definitely a pro-mom pod. This is a pro-mom pod. Yeah. A PMP, if you will. A PMP. Anyway. Back in a bit with sports. <laughs> Arr! <laughs> and we're back. Uh, avoiding emergencies. Avoiding emergencies. Okay, so let's let's just finish it up with uh, with some goalie talk here. Shout out to Aiden Hill of Vegas for stepping it up. 2-1, two 2.25 two goals against, 9.27 save percentage in the absence of Laurent Brossois. What do you think about that? Well, a lot of the Vegas fans are complaining that Jonathan Quick has not been playing. First of all, Quick is like nursing this odd injury. Um, there was a, I didn't see it, but there was a reporter. They were doing like locker room interviews and they could see him kind of hobbling or whatever. Um, in the background, he's been dealing with an injury, so he hasn't been super available. He's been on the bench, but not really ready for action. Not to mention, his numbers have not been good this season. He got all the easy games with Vegas that they gave him this season, and I think Aiden Hill's got to be their guy. If you're a Vegas fan and you want quick to play, I don't know why. He's giving up three goals a game this season, with whether with the Kings or with the Golden Knights. Uh, and he, you know, he, he's a, he's an old dude. He's an old NHLer. Uh, and maybe in case of emergency, fine. But Aiden Hill's the guy. He's playing out of his mind right now. He's playing very good hockey. Um, stepping up, it's not easy to do uh, in the playoffs. Like you said, Brossois was very good. Uh, but Aiden Hill, shout out to him. He was almost the Grammy. My Grammy is grander. I don't know if he's yours, but he was almost mine. Yeah, all right, let's uh, let's talk some. Let's move from let's move from ice to the diamond. Let's talk about some baseball. Yankees are playing well, so I have nothing to complain about. We, as of this recording, um, we have taken, we have snatched one from the Rays uh, down six zero. We came back and won, I believe, nine to eight. It was a great game. Judge had two home runs. We won last night. Riz had two home runs on his bobblehead day. So out of a four-game set, I mean, at least we're going to split it. It's at worst-case scenario. Um, But talking about the Rays a little bit, um, listen, I don't want to sound sour grapes here because I'm a Yankee fan, but the Rays are 30-11. and Is there something this is so intended? Is there something fishy going on with the Rays? Okay. The issue is 
they have these nobodies. Now, this was mentioned on the fan. I don't remember who exactly said it, but it was a viral clip. Um, but they have these nobodies turning into absolute superstars, right? And it's, I mean, and it's not like, it's not like guys you've never heard of. It's not like prospects coming out of nowhere. It's guys where they've never, they've never been anything. And now all of a sudden they're superstars, right? Randy Arozarena, I mean, he's always been on the higher echelon of good, but he's never been great. He's on fire. You got guys like, uh, I think it's like Harold Ramirez. He's tearing the cover off the ball. Taylor Walls, um, Isak Paredes, like, like all of these guys, it's like, what? Like these, no, these guys were terrible. Like if you were trading for them in MLB, the show, it's like, you're trading for like guys that are like 65 overall. And then the next thing, you know, you're just, you're mashing with them. Like, <sighs> listen, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say they're cheating and the trap has something to do with it because they are batting better on the road, but let's look at pitchers. Pitchers have a two, five, two ERA at the trap and uh or two yeah two five two ERA at the trop and on the road this is not counting after getting shellacked by the Yankees today they had a three six four ERA on the road so am I being sour grapes here or is there is there smoke to this well listen we said that the Rays were gonna come back down to earth when they were nine and zero okay we we said this and it took a while they were what twenty six and six now. They've dropped six out of their last ten games. Okay? They've come back down. They're a 500 team over the last ten games, which is not bad. But I don't think they're... I, I, I hate to think that anybody's cheating. Uh, I'm, not an, I'm not a big, oh, you're cheating guy. I like to give teams the benefit of the doubt. Um, especially after the Astros thing. I'm kind of done with the cheating for now. But, um, no, I just think it's a team that's coming back to earth, Ant. I, I mean, listen, you're up six to the Yankees with your ace on the mound, and you, you lose a stunning game, a stunning loss for the Rays. One that, one that really breaks, <laughs> it breaks your spirit a little bit. But it really does, a loss like that. You know, you think you've got to win in the bag, and then the team that's chasing you, like everybody else, Pulls one out and beats you. So, no, I think it's a case of them just coming down to earth, in my opinion. Now, you say they come, they're coming back to earth. Still, though, with, without any superstars on the team, they're still leading the MLB in every single offensive category except stolen bases, if you're going to count that as offense. Everything. Batting average, runs, home runs, RBI, all that. OBP, slug, everything. It is the Rays, which Susan Waldman said it yesterday. You never, you were never worried about the Rays pitching. It was always the hitting that was shoddy. Now you're worried about the pitching, and the hitting is, I mean, that's come. That's the thing, man. Is whoever their hitting coach is, props to him because you're taking these absolute nobodies and they're tearing the cover off the ball. Um, speak. I mean, tearing the cover off the ball is one thing, but I have a, I have it written down. Is the MLB going back to juice balls? If so, or if not. They really should. I think they are, in my opinion. Um, the numbers are up. Yeah, the numbers are back up. Uh, staggeringly so uh, this year compared to uh, last year especially, I think. I, the numbers are way up. Um, it's more exciting. Why Why not have a juiced ball? Why? I'm crushing pretzels. Again. I knew yeah. it. It's one of my stims. <laughs> all right stimmy neutron let's no. get back on. <laughs> no it's um I, I i don't see why not i'm never an advocate for like peds or anything like that but yeah bring back the juice ball if you haven't already that's like my whole thing is like listen people come in you want more action you make the bases bigger for they say player safety they wanted they wanted more stolen bases they're getting more stolen bases yeah i think sure. listen I think that the, the the balls, they should be a little juice because A, hitting a baseball is very hard. And B, it's to me, it's it's a, li- it's a lot harder to be an elite batter than it is to be an elite pitcher. Especially right now, you know, the last time there was such a low batting average as last season, I mean, they lowered the mound after that. Like, there were drastic changes um, the last time there was a season similar to this, right? Or similar to last, excuse me. But... 
my whole thing is like, listen, you want fans to come out. You want a lot of action. You want these games to be quick, but you still want viewers. Why not juice the balls? Let's see five home runs a game. Who cares? Um, you know, we got records to break, baby. Yeah. We got records to break. Like you said, today, a game like the Yankees-Rays game, 9-8, sure. Give me yeah, 9-8. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of 9-8, that was the year I was born, right? 1998. Uh, Yuri Perez was not born in 1998. Yuri Perez, I wrote this on the, my, my list just because it makes my skin crawl. Okay? Yuri Perez is a pitcher for the Miami Marlins. He debuted yesterday. He is the first pitcher in the major leagues, born in the year 2003. So that would make him eight years younger than me. That is sickening. He's in 03. Wow. So he's either 19 or 20. Wow. That is that is tough sledding. He's younger than Shrek. That's that's rough, man. He's younger than 9/11. He has never lived in a world where there was a World Trade Center. Uh, yeah. That sounds horrible to say, but I mean, like, wow. yeah, yeah, that scares me. It scares me. But not the, not the only scary thing. Another thing, the Cincinnati Reds released their City Series jerseys. I don't know if you've seen them, but why are the City Series uniforms so bad? Every team that has released them, they've been awful. You have years to prepare for this. You have years to prepare. The only one I like, the only one I will give credit to, is the Arizona Diamondbacks, Serpientes, and then I do like Boston's, um, I like Boston's Marathon Day one because of the story behind it. But, I mean, you look at the Giants with the stupid clouds out. You look at Colorado with that weird mismatched green out. Well, they've got a lot. San, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> San Diego with the teal and the pink. See you later. Um, I mean, like Texas is. We're like, like those. Were, it's I just, don't mind the Padres. Oh, it's I bad. like that. It's, it's very pastel. Bad. It's very, very uh, girl dad. Um. <laughs> All the games are on Easter. <laughs> it's Easter theme every game. I look like a pinata. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what they were going for. They were going for like the the Mexico like yeah. it's not like a Cinco de Mayo or yeah, like a, or like a maybe. Day of the Dead thing, but they're bad, man. Um, another thing I have You're just here. Not opening your mind up enough. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Next up, the Kansas City Royals rainbow jerseys. Uh, that's bad. Nobody clipped that. We, I like my job. We support <laughs> any. Orientation, any gender. Listen, man. You want to be? If you're listening, if you're listening to this, and you know me, you know I was raised by the rainbow. Um, shout out, shout yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. My aunt, yeah, you were. My grandmother, every one of my mother's friends. Oh yeah, raised by the rainbow. That's what I call there it. There you go. Yeah. So you're good. Oh yeah. Um, next up on my little cheat sheet, um, we have some teams that have been on fire now, recently. If I, was, if, I if I drank. I would play a game, and it and it would be how many times do you say cheat sheet in one episode? Listen, I've yet <laughs> I've I've worked I've worked out I can I can the transitions now they're smooth they're seamless silk they are seamless transitions. I don't want to call it my notes. I don't want to call it. You know don't what? Don't even I mean? call it. Okay, next up. Pretend you have it in your head. <laughs> some teams. Some te- I put him on the spot. Some teams that are on fire. Um, According to the cheat sheet, we have the we have the Yankees, Red Sox, Tigers. Uh, as of when I when I prepared these stats and didn't write them down, uh, not counting today's game, uh, Yankees, Red Sox, Tigers, Mariners, and Rockies have all been seven and three over the last ten. Dodgers, the only one with a better record. Uh, now it's the Yankees. We know they're both eight and two over the last ten. Um, it's uh, the teams that we expected, honestly. Um, Yankees. Maybe not the Red Sox, but Tigers we expected to be a little bit better than what they were. Javi Baez is hitting again, which thank God because he was—I mean, it was bad. He was getting benched. He was just—he was spamming. He was just spamming the swing button. Yeah, <laughs> like not even looking at these pitches. Um, 
I mean, so much so that that uh, their manager, A.J. Hinch, had to chew him out like a little leaguer uh, for just not paying attention and running when there was two outs. And, and oh, it was, a, it was a bad day for yeah. Javi Baez. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy they gave a lot of money to, and they're expecting him to carry that team, which that, uh, to be honest with you, that that signing really didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, see, I don't know if I would sign Javi Baez as a guy to carry your team. Well, no, I'm saying just Detroit. Like, I feel oh, like that wasn't... Specifically. I thought, I thought, honestly, I would have bet, I would have bet... <laughs> say it. Yeah, I don't, don't want to say it. I would have bet that he went to... Uh... What? <laughs> say it. I'm going to bet dollars to donuts that there isn't anybody here named Old Fashioned Andy. (laughs) (laughs) I would have bet dollars to donuts Miami would have signed Javi Baez to pair him alongside Jazz Chisholm for an electric middle infield um, that just didn't field anything. But (laughs) just a middle in, we'll call it, because not much fielding going on. Um, But... We'll talk about teams that aren't doing well, and that's Pittsburgh. They're one in nine over their last ten. Well, you sang their praises. Eli, our friend, loves the Pirates and all this. And you sang their praises all early in the season, and that that, that ship has finally come back. To I don't think it's come back to earth, Chris, because Milwaukee is in first, and it's only by a half a game. Uh, all don't the Pirates have to do something? Don't count us out one yet. One in nine in the last ten. <laughs> Is not cutting the mustard. <laughs> they had doubloons in their savings. They can spend a little now. <laughs> no, they can't spend. They don't have any money to spend. They have a very cheap skate ownership who doesn't pay their concessions worker. <laughs> but uh, all all pirate talk aside. The Buccos are still only a half game out. Um, they still have a, a pretty good record. Uh, I think they're up over 20 wins, 21-22 wins. 1-9 um, in their last 10 is not good, but the fact that the NL Central is super weak and they're behind the powerhouse pitching team of Milwaukee, it uh, it bodes well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that is, is pretty funny to me is uh, three teams I really don't like. That's the Padres. The Guardians and the Mets, they all have losing records. All three of them. It's amazing. You got you have to think. Now the reason I don't like the Padres is because they didn't take their lumps like everybody else. Um, they just one day were good and now they're spending and have they're signing absolutely everybody under the sun. And it's a it's a team where nobody goes to their games. They have the second highest payroll in that stadium. It's empty. Um yeah, that's a weird situation over there, and it's a beautiful area. Obviously, San Diego's gorgeous. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. And they got um, at the games. Seeing Cleveland, I just for some reason listen. I don't like Cleveland. It's the it's the. Is it Tito? No, I like Tito. I don't oh, mind Tito. God. It's I don't <laughs> I don't like Josh Naylor. I really don't. Josh Naylor turns me off. Karen Chack turns me off. Um, I, for some reason, I just don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where they give me the ick, as the ladies say. Um, mm. They give me the ick, and I don't know why. Uh, they're one of those teams where, like, listen, the Yankees have historically always owned you, and you're going to come out and talk trash because you won a, a game in the regular season. Like, what What are you doing? Um, so they're one of my they're one of my ick teams, but a team we love taking a dump on. And let's take a little extra time because we haven't done it. The New York Mets. Oh, oh lordy, no, no. lordy. We have enough Mets fans that listen to this where, guys, what's your problem? Uh, you're dropping games to Washington. You are losing games that you are supposed to win. And when when the excrement when the excrement hits the fan, you, listen, man, when you when you have to pay the pipe or your wall, it's gonna be empty. Um because listen, you, these are games you need to be winning. We we talk and we and we joke about the Rays only paying playing bad teams, but listen, long story short, they did what they're supposed to do and they beat the hell out of teams they were supposed to beat the hell out of. Um, you know, they, they have an easy schedule, it's getting harder. You said they're coming back down to earth, which we predicted. The Mets right now, they're not beating the teams they're supposed to be beating. They're losing to Miami. They're losing to Washington. They're losing to just since. I mean, I think they got swept by Cincinnati. Well, what what's crazy to me about the Mets is, and just looking at the standings, and the way they've been playing is not good, right? They've dropped seven out of their last ten games. 
And they're still in third place in the division. Well, the only reason they're in third is because they have games in hand against the uh, the Marlins. They beat the Marlins ha- uh, head-to-head. Right. So, no, they're a half game ahead of them, and they're only a half game behind the Phillies for second, and they're under five hundred. Yeah. Like, it's it's the wild card is not a far-away thing for them right now. And they're just, I feel like this is going to be the way they are this season. I don't see them as a team that's going to go 20 games over 500 this season. No, I, th- I said it was my bold prediction that the Mets were going to be middling, and I'm, I'm going to stand by it. Well, um, they are the definition of middling right now at 19 and 20. They're doing, the Mets, they, they're doing everything wrong. Uh, I didn't like the Buck show Walter Heyer. I thought it was dumb. Uh, listen, Buck, he's a great, he was a great manager in his time, but now, you know, times have changed, and you could see that it's not, he's not making those adjustments. You know, you need a fine line between, you know, your, your analytics and, and the feel of the game. And I don't think Buck is doing a good job with it. I mean, he left Senga out to dry against the, against the, the Reds a couple days ago. I, I got a chance to watch that game cause it, I was, you know, at work and there was nothing else to do, but I ended up watching that game and he left him out to dry. He gave up five runs in the first inning. Like, listen, not only are you paying Senga a lot of money to pitch, but that's a that's a big that's a big hit to your pride just being left out to dry i mean growing up now granted this is the we were kids but growing up i remember i had a coach that left he was one of our best pitchers he left him out to dry one too many times and i remember he came back to the dugout and he looked at our coach and he's like coach i'm never pitching again i don't care what you do i'm never pitching again and stuff like that a confidence issue like if you're like if you're senga and you're getting drilled by the reds like Listen, man, it wasn't your day. Give me the ball, hit the showers, we'll get it next time. Yeah, sometimes you just have to, everybody. It happens to the best pitchers in baseball. It happens to the worst pitchers in baseball. It happens to kids and adults and rec league. But everybody has a bad game. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes there's there's bad games where you learn from it. But, there, you know, granted he settled down afterwards, but still, it's a five-run first inning. You know what I mean? It's the point where, listen, get other guys work. I'm sorry. He, he's too valuable of a pitcher to have a bad, especially coming over from Japan too. It's a whole different game. It's a whole different ball game. You know, you're not going to pitch as well in the United States as you did in Japan. I'm sorry. Even, you know, I love Masahiro Tanaka to death, but he's looking like he's going to win the Japanese Cy Young and he's very clearly out of his prime. Um, even you Darvish took a step back. The only guy who really didn't was Otani, but he's an alien. So, you know, the Mets are, I think it's just bad decision after bad decision. Um, it's not signing the right guys. It's having no depth. It's having, you know, like they're, they're still on the Darren Ruff train. Like they traded J.D. Davis for Darren Ruff. He was an absolute bust. J.D. Davis is doing well. They DFA him. He gets claimed by the Giants. Giants DFA him. And the Mets are looking to re-sign him as a right-handed bat. Like it's just, it's the, it's just got like, guys, this isn't working. You know, we, we rag on the Yankees for, for stuff like that. But the thing was, the Yankees were still winning, right? We talk about Cashman has to win his way. Right now, the Mets aren't winning anyway. They're not winning with their veterans that they're paying a lot of money no. for. They're not winning with their young guys. So it's like, they got to figure it out. But, you know, for me, I love to see it. Because, you know, the Mets fans, like I said, they've always been, to me, they've always been, um, they've always been like the little brother of the Yankees. I've never really, yeah, the Mets, but... Since Cohen bought the team and took full control of it, their fans have been... They've been on him. Oh, like, like remember, I mean, last year it was, we're going to... We're, we're going to steal Aaron Judge from the Yankees. We're going to sign DJ LeMahieu. We're going to sign Trevor Bauer. We're going to sign this guy. We're going to sign that guy. We're gonna sign, all of them. And then my, my favorite thing ever, I, I say it all the time, I had a kid I used to work with, and he used to come out, and it was... I have Twitter receipts to this day, and um, he would come out, and he's like, oh my God, the Mets are going to sign Trevor Bauer. And then Mets didn't sign Bauer, and he would respond, I didn't want Bauer anyway. Oh, the Mets are going to sign LeMayhew. Didn't sign LeMayhew. I didn't want LeMayhew. Like, that's the whole thing, and it's just, it's it's like, act like you've been there before, Mets. Well, then there was the whole Correa nonsense. <laughs> that was fun. Which was preseason, long ago, before the pod even started, uh, you know, where they didn't end up getting him. It's just, it's, uh, hey, as an Islanders fan, I get it. Every as an Islanders fan, I completely get it. Um, listen, man, being the little brother is not easy all the time. 
Well, the Islanders are the little brother to the Rangers. It, it, and the, the the difference is that the Islanders fans don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk. We shut up. I mean, they 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 talk at the games, and they're ruthless at the games, and we have the Rangers number lately. Uh, but listen, man, the Mets, it's different with the Mets and the Yankees. The Mets, always, they're fans. They're always, oh, we're going to be this. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. Now what? 19 and 20. Shut your face, Grandpa. That's what we say. <laughs> as, uh, oh, my God. As Dwayne The Rock Johnson would say, shut your mouth and know your role, Mets fans. Um, now, one thing to end it off, uh, our little baseball talk. Chris, are we going to have a record-setting season with the record being the Oakland Athletics are the worst team in the history of baseball? Uh, Attendance-wise and record-wise, I think so. Listen, the, the the finalization of the trade or the, their relocation to Vegas is pretty much a done deal at this point. I think they're mailing it in. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to mail it in, and I I don't think I don't think anybody is going to say anything about it because the attendance numbers are down. I mean, I saw something and it was like it was like a thirty game package for like ninety bucks, and they were de- it was like ridiculous. I, I like, can't rid- even afford that. It was ridiculous numbers, and it's like people just don't go to the games and listen. It, it's bad ownership. It, it's they've had their runs. I mean. People tend to forget the A's were a, the A's were a wild card team like three years ago, four years ago. Some of the best players in the league are products of the A's: Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Sean Murphy. Like, and then and well, and I've seen on social media, I've seen especially on Instagram, I've seen videos um, or on TikTok of um, of the security guards at A's games. So like, they have nobody at the game. Like, I would hate to see a game there because there's nobody there. They've got people there that are, like, in, like, the, you know, underneath the the the, the, the concourse. Like, yep. they're back in the 100s or the first row. And they try to come down. They try to come down and watch from, like, the outfield. Don't don't tell me security turns Oh, away. yeah. Oh, my Oh, the security God. has a huge problem with it. I've seen not one, but two or three videos. Oh, that's of the, Of different places in the stadium uh, there of the security. And the, and the comments are exactly what my sentiment is, and that's, you're going to look at this stadium with 500 people in it. There's more pe- people working this game than fans right now. And... And you're going to turn people away. You're going to turn the kids with their parents that want to sit close because there's nobody there. Well, they didn't buy the tickets. Why not? You paid to get into the game. Yeah, they didn't pay whatever $90 for the Legends Club at whatever it's called. O.co or something. Whatever it is now. Uh, Come on. It's it's, that is it's terrible. It's a bad look. That's my whole thing is listen. I that one thing I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant here because you we know about stadium prices and stuff like that. My biggest issue has always been if there's unsold seats, what does it matter if you bite the bullet and there's nobody sitting there, or you bite the bullet and there's somebody sitting there? Regardless, you didn't make the money for the seat. Let somebody effing enjoy it, right? Like you're you're in Oakland. You're not. There's more people that go to. There's more people going to Las Vegas Aces game, which is oh, the minor league teams. There's absolutely. more people going to those games. But you have you have the audacity to tell a little kid no, you can't sit here it's because terrible. these seats are going to be empty. That's absolutely ridiculous. I hate it. That's ridiculous. I mean, and, and as a parent myself, like if that happened to me, granted, I wouldn't be the guy to do that. I would be the guy to go ask. Of course, that's a. I mean, that's a different thing. Okay. A lot of a, a lot, lot of other... ushers. A lot of ushers are cool too. Which speaking of ushers, shout out beautiful with two L's. If somehow you're listening, I don't know if you would ever listen, but shout out beautiful with two, with L's. two L's. Um, but the thing is, like, I mean, I I totally cut you off there, but it's just this makes me angry because it's like the same thing with like with like okay, this is gonna sound stupid. If you know me, you know I'm a big I'm a big fat Italian guy, but like wasting food. Like, if you go to Subway, and you build a sandwich, and they make the sandwich and roll it up, and you get to the very end, and you're like, oh my god, I forgot my wallet. Like, you can't resell that sandwich. You're just going to throw it away. Just give it to the person. Like, that's just like, you know what I mean? Like, listen, you're already, you're already out the you're already out the money for the seat. Nobody wants to spend the $90, but 
you could make a, a fan. You're, you're either going right. to lose it. You're either going to lose it, and people are going to be unhappy. You're going to lose it, and people are going to be happy. Now it would be one thing, as it from a team standpoint, right? Talking about the usher, it would be one thing if the team was doing well and they couldn't sell the seat. Then there's a problem. The team sucks. They're terrible. They're an abomination to Major League Baseball. They would lose to minor league teams. They might even lose to a double-A team. The way I'm not kidding. They would be middling in a double-A league. Okay? Listen, nobody will pay $90 to see a team that has how many wins? Eight. Eight wins? Nobody's paying $90 to sit front row at that game. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's going to do that. I would pay $90 to go sit uh, at a good seat at the Yankees game if I had the money for that. But you don't even have to pay that much to see a Yankees game from semi-close. I don't care if it's front row outfield. You, the ticket's got to be cheaper. You, you cannot. You, if you want to fill the seats, make the tickets five bucks. Yeah. And it's, and I mean, still won't fill the seats. No, but I think, I think the league is going to get a great blessing when they move. Listen, am I happy it's Vegas? Not really. But... I mean, Vegas, you could see they, they can, I mean, hockey is booming in Vegas. Right. Football is booming in Vegas. I don't see, I don't see baseball being an issue. No, um, no, God, no. Especially, I mean. People are always there. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great location where they have their, I mean, their, their stadium's like right off the strip. It's where they're planning to build a stadium. It's going to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tourist trap with a baseball game on it. Like, I would not be shocked if there's a full full Oakland athletic well, a full Vegas athletics club there with there like with like disco balls and Molly. The, oh, <laughs> don't forget the Molly. No, there will be. There will be because it's a huge attraction. I mean, you see uh the Golden Knights what they what they've done, right? They were the first they they were like the first the NHL's first foray into this new wave of expansion with them in Seattle. I mean, Vegas does it to the max. I know it's an old saying, but I mean, they, they do the, the night on the ice. It's Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a big production. It's an event. It's an experience. The thing Oakland Athletics baseball is not an experience, Anthony Panthony. It is, it's a why. Like, if I was in Oakland, I would not, well, I wouldn't be in Oakland. But if I was in Oakland, nobody there wants to go to the team's games. That's the problem. When your town, your city, doesn't want to show up, time to go. Yeah, yeah, and I think, listen, I think there should be a lot more movement um, of, of teams. Like, listen, if you're not getting it done, if you have bad stadiums, Tampa, like, listen, I think Tampa needs to find a way to get out of there. Uh, they're, and it's funny, too, because they're lighting the world on fire, and their stadium isn't even all the way open. Well, what I don't like, get about Tampa is the lightning... The Lightning sell out every game. The Lightning sell out every game. It's electric inside that place, literally. Yes, pun intended. But every like the the dashers are blue. It's like there's lightning coming out of the the jumbotron. Say so they have the machine that literally makes lightning. Yeah. It's like it's like the static fucking yeah yeah, yeah. like they're, they're filling the stadium. Yet the Rays, with this massive place, like you said, they can't even open up. They opened it up to for the Yankees series for the first time in the the third years. deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the, the, this whole thing too is like, yeah, it's cool. They're the only team with like a like a tank of actual Rays, which that's really cool. But like you're you're in a bad. The Trop is not a good stadium. It's from what I've heard, people down there. It's not hard. It's not easy to get to. It's just, it's like one of those things where it's out of the way. Like, I feel like if you can build a nice stadium in a good part of even St. Pete or in the Tampa area, I think if you build a nice stadium down there, like, you're going to have people all, you're going to have people enjoying it. Because you look at it too, like, listen, Tampa full of old people. Old people love baseball. Make it fun. That's why they say it all the time. Yankees essentially have another home game when they're in Tampa because of all of the old New York transplants. But that's the thing is if you make baseball an experience down there and you do some cool stuff and not have an absolute dump as a stadium, you never know. You are 100% right. You know I what I mean? I love that take. <laughs> but um, to go along with you know some some 
movement of, of franchises. Uh, this is going to be the only football news for a while, but ding dong, Snyders are dead. The sale is official. Washington has new owners. And this is my bold take here. I think the commanders will be no more. I think the new ownership group, who is, uh, I, I can't remember his name. He owns the Devils. He owns the Sixers. He uh, he owns Fanatics, the company. Um, I think Harris Group. I think it's Harris Group. Uh, I think the commanders are going to go away because the biggest issue is, you know, the money to rebrand everything. And, oh, we can't do this because we don't want to have Redskins on the stadium. And then you got to put commander. You're going to rebuild FedEx Field, or at least I hope you're going to rebuild FedEx Field. Because speaking of dumps, it's the worst. Prof- I think it's the worst professional stadium out of any sport. Um there's, I mean, railings are falling over, yeah, and it's a bad, and it's and a the, bad scene. the the NFL the NFL PA went out and they released all of their uh, ratings, and it was the worst rating of ownership, and this is wrong, and that's wrong, and there's tiles cracking, and I don't feel safe in the in the hot tub, like it's just it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare of a stadium. I think if you're buying in, you're going to redo the stadium. You're going to redo the facilities because you, you have to at this point. You know what I mean? It's not like you're blue chip like Denver, like Denver where Denver already had good facilities and a good stadium. You're the, you're washed. Like you realistically, you should probably move. Like you should move out of where is it? Lando? Are they in Landover? No, that doesn't make sense. I don't know where they are, but you move out of wherever you are. Um, I, I think I think they get a whole new rebrand and I think it's gonna be awesome. Um because again, if you're going in, why are you gonna buy why are you gonna buy a legacy that's tainted? If you're the ownership group, listen, man, the Snyders were the commanders, the Snyders were the Redskins, the Snyders were the football team. I think you go back, I think you do a serious rebrand of everything, change your name, even if you want to change your colors, change your logo. I think you I think you go in and you change everything up, and it's what the NFL needs. Um, because the NFL has remained untouched since 03 when Houston came in the league. Um, but I think, I think, I think better days are ahead. If you're, if you're the Washington franchise, I think you're finally in good hands. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's my two cents on it. But again, like I said, if you're going to do it, do it all out. There's no, there's no reason to buy into somebody else's tainted legacy. I agree. I love that. I love that. I do agree. So uh, about 35 minutes on this second part, we'll say. Um, let's get to a fan favorite. Let's get to Grammy's Grinders today. Do you have yours ready for us, Chris? Well, my Grammy's Grinder of the Week last week was John Tavares. And um, I'm still dealing with that, the effects of that. Um, <laughs> no, yours last week was Bader. Two weeks ago was Tavares. That's right. That's right, because they won the series two weeks ago. But anyway, yeah. going back to hockey, um, that transition didn't work. See, even the pros like me, even the seasoned pros mess up. Huh. <laughs> I'm not a pro or seasoned, let's be honest. My Grammys grind of the week is Yanni Gord. Yes, four goals in this, uh, four goals is playoff and counting for Seattle. Hopefully he'll lead them to a series win. He's doing all the little things. He's that guy. He's him on the penalty kill. He is the penalty kill master. Uh, uh, trust me, I'm an Islanders fan. We know this. We've talked on the pot about it. Uh, Yanni Gord, Grammy's Grinder of the Week. Big shout out. All right. My Grammy's Grinder of the Week after we absolutely demolished their franchise. Uh, my Grammy's Grinder of the Week is outfielder, specifically left fielder for the soon-to-be Las Vegas Athletics, Brent Rooker. This is his fourth different team since 2020. Um, I believe he was with Texas, Kansas City. I don't remember the other teams. Um, but he was claimed uh, at the beginning of or the end of last offseason by the um, Athletics from the Kansas City Royals. This man, like I said, fourth different team, was never anything great. But he is now batting 319 with 11 home runs, 29 RBIs. And a 1.101 OPS. He is, I believe, second only behind, I think it's Wander Franco as leading the league in OPS. But Brent Rooker, you took your opportunity. You you, you signed with a team that is going to play you. And there's no expectations. And you can go out and you can play this kid's game that you guys play. And you can have fun like you used to. And 
I'm listen, I'm just I'm big on I'm big on guys proving something. And I think Brent Rooker proved he could play in this league. Uh he's one of the very lone bright spots of the Oakland A's. Um and realistically, the biggest win of his of his career is playing good enough to get traded at the deadline. You know what I mean? This was his audition for this is gonna sound terrible. This was his audition for a real baseball team, and he's crushing it. That is such a grinder right there. Four different teams in the last, you know, not even three full years or three years or whatever. That's a grinder right there. I love it. Grammy approves. We love that. Um, But as always, drink your rum, eat your mojito chicken, try the recipe, let us know what you think, and maybe we'll stop talking like this. I don't like rum either, but it was... (laughs) Phenomenal. Listen to this pod or walk the plank. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I'm Eye Patch Ant alongside Peg Leg Walker. (laughs) And this has been Sports and Spaghetti. (laughs) Stay full.